about faith that moves mountains. Faith that moves mountains. We haven't ministered on faith in a while. A couple months, for sure. So the last few Sundays, the Lord has been talking about ministry. So faith that moves mountains. Luke chapter 18, verse 8 says this. I tell you that he will avenge him speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Faith is simply belief. Belief, what you believe, you hand in a glove with faith. In Romans 10, 8, it says, what does it say? The word, Jesus, God's message in Christ is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis of object, of faith, which we preach. So we preach We serve a God we cannot see. But we know him to be real because of his presence and the encounters that we have. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance, the weight of things hoped, a positive outcome for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it elders obtain a good report. So faith has a substance, it has a weight. Your belief system has a weight, so much so that it's internal. You believe what you believe and then you don't believe what you don't believe. And it's real. So if you believe that God is a healer, and you know that he heals today, it's one or two reasons. One, because you've read it in the Word, and you've seen it in the Word. Or two, either you've experienced it, or someone you pray for experienced it. Amen. So that has formed a belief system in you that today, God heals. If you, you believe that God wants to provide financially for you, because of the covenant that we have with the blood of Jesus. You understand that to be true because in the beginning, God made provision from Adam and Eve. Placed them in the garden, created the earth, created everything there, and then turned it over to Adam and Eve. So you totally believe, you know that God wants you to prosper because His Word says He wants you to prosper. Amen. And you believe that. And you say amen. Webster's definition for the word faith means to persuade, to draw towards anything, to gain, to believe, to obey, to trust. Vine's Expository Dictionary says, it's a firm persuasion, a confident expectation. It's based upon hearing. There are people that are not in mind renewal of the word, but they believe everything the media tells them. They believe that all the news tells them. Stalin, who established the Russians, said this, that if you tell a lie long enough, eventually people will believe it. You can see that in the impeachment. Though every witness was a secondary, third, fourth, it was all based on hearsay. And the Democrats believe, that portion of still believe that today, that he was guilty based upon all the hearsay. As a matter of fact, one commentary on CNN actually said that hearsay is actually more believable than someone who actually was there and overheard it. That is messed up. You know, I think, I think you know, it's, we're, we're innocent until proven guilty. Come on now, and it's not based on hearsay. How many trials have you seen? You know, Perry Mason was out for a long time, you know, and then everything was based on what? Hearsay. And the lawyers would say, that's hearsay, that's hearsay, that's hearsay, hearsay, that's hearsay. Not factual, it's not factual. It was somebody's mother who told somebody's brother, whose brother told somebody's cousin, who told somebody's cousin, who told somebody's sister, said it was so. Wow. No, we believe. 
believe God's word because it is factual and not only factual, it's the truth. And when you believe the truth, it will set you free. That's the reason why today we must keep our minds renewed to the word because everybody else that's not doing it is losing their mind. They're not thinking straight. And I, I can experience, I've experienced that, not thinking straight because of circumstances, because situations. You're not thinking straight. And it's a mental thing. And of course, you know, the battlefield of the mind in which Satan dwells. He, does, he deals with thoughts and emotions and feelings. You and I are moved by emotions, our thoughts and feelings. We're moved by God's word and the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? Faith is a, current, a firm conviction. It is a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe. Faith reaches into the unseen realm, grabs a hold of what you're believing God for until it's manifested in the seen realm. Your words are very creative. Your words are very powerful. We know that to be true because in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth without form of void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and light came. I've been reading a little bit on Kenneth Copeland's book, The Blessing. Anybody ever read his book on The Blessing? He actually goes into there about what would have happened if Adam and Eve did not fall from grace and did not sin. Because here's the deal. He says, Brother Cope says, the earth was out forming void, and then you creation, read the recreation of it, because when Satan fell from heaven to earth, he corrupted everything, because there was a pre-Adamic race, a non-human race on the earth. The earth is billions of years old. I'm not into eschatology, but I know a little bit about that. There was a few. The human race has been around for 6,000 years. So when Satan fell from heaven to earth, corrupted everything, messed everything on the planet, because that's what he does. Come on, hello, somebody. Then for a period of time, and only the Lord knows how long, the earth itself was out creation, without form it was very void. Okay? So then he said, let me make man in our image, and he created Adam, and he said, and Adam named all the animals, and said he needed a help made, and he created Eve out of Adam, so therefore it's not in a man to be a woman. Not in a man to be a woman. Took, took woman out of man and never put her back. And then stuck her by his side. Stuck her by his side. Stick her under his feet. Stick him above him. By his side. And help him. And say amen. That was good right there. So we know that to be true, that God did. But he, uh, Ken Copeland gives a perspective that really what was really developed on the earth was just the garden and he told Adam and Eve to go and subdue the garden to the garden but he also gives the indication that since God turned the earth over to Adam and Eve that Adam and Eve were to go in and then he gives a theory that once the earth was created and began to be subdued they would be able to go to other Sometimes within our own limitless minds, come on, that we just limit ourselves to the circumstances that are just in our face all the time. So 
I'm not saying that that was Bible. I'm just saying that was a theory of because of creation, because a creator has to create. But he also did say to us that there is life and death in the power of our tongues. You're actually, so we're creating our lives as it is even now by the words we say. If we say things like, I can't afford this, we can't afford this, and you constantly say, I can't afford this, I can't afford this, guess what's going to happen? You won't be able to afford it. But if you say this, I'm fully supplied, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men get back into my bosom, praise God, the wealth transfers into my hands, because I'm going to advance the kingdom of God. Hello, I'm going to help others. So in other words, what are you, you're creating something. That's the reason why Pastor Marie and I, all, every year, we give you a list saying, you know, all these things list. So that you can, in your devotion time, go down and keep your name in those things because you're creating. If you're saying things like, I get pay raises, I get bonuses, my boss is good to me, I rise above every other employee, I'm the number one salesperson in my job right now in Jesus' name. You start saying that, hello, God, and God will begin to promote you because God meets you right where you're at in your relationship with God. You don't have to be perfect. Come on, hello, somebody. There was only one perfect. That was Jesus. And here's the good news. He does live on the inside of you. And he can help you every day. Faith speaks and believes what is spoken. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So what you believe, you're going to speak. If you say all the time, I mean, I can't keep a job. I ain't got a job. I can't keep a job. Guess what's going to happen? You ain't keeping a job. Hello? I don't have enough. I just, every, every month. Here, here, watch this. Making money is easy, folks. That is the easiest thing. Keeping it is the hard part. Praise God. Amen. That's the hard part. Making it easy. Keeping it is another, that's another thing. Come on, help us. And then there's the pressure from society. You know, because man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So there's pressure from the outward and people that were hanging around. And all of a sudden, there's comparison that comes. The comparison leads to inferiority, and God is in the He's not into comparison. He's not into inferiority. Sometimes we want to project something that we're not. That's actually a lot. Oh. You project something that Understanding who you are in Christ will totally satisfy self-image. Understanding who you are in Christ will totally satisfy self-image. Why? Because you will not be comparing yourself to self-image. Man, that's a good word this morning. Hello. God's helping us. Examples of faith. You cannot see the electrical wire in the conduit in the wall. You can't see the electrical wires in the conduits that go to the lights. You can't see that. It's not visible with your eyes, is it? But let me ask you, are there conduits in these walls with, with wires? Yes, there are. How do you know that? Lights are on, right? All right, okay. But based on maybe, maybe you've been in construction or you've seen a, a skeleton, how they make houses and all that kind of stuff, and they put conduits next to the two-by-four and they run out everything, right? So you've seen that before. How do you not? So therefore, you believe with all the art. Do you believe, everybody in this room, do you believe that there are conduits in this wall of electrical wires? It's probably the first time you've all seen 
same thing, probably with a passion. Now, if I cut a hole in the wall, cut the electrical wires, stick the two wires out, what color would be the wire cases? Black and red, right? We know that, negative and positive, right? And if I stuck a sign on the wall and said, danger, do not touch, live wire, how would you know? We'll give you $10 if you lick the wires. Right? <laughs> James like, me first. <laughs> how would you know? You wouldn't know unless you did what? Touched it, right? If you walked over Or, ah, right? The circuit breaker's on, don't touch it. Listen, just because there's a stop sign at the corner here, a dealer, doesn't necessarily mean people obey. Come on. <laughs> Gabe's like, I know, Pastor. I'm a UPS truck driver. I know. They, don't, they do not obey. They don't obey. Yeah, just because there's a red light doesn't mean stop. How do you know that? Go to the Dominican Republic. To them, <laughs> to them, red is green, and green is stop. Praise God. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever it is, ignore the sign. So therefore, God's word is true. Why? Because you believe it, and you've experienced it. Can you say amen? So electricity is like that. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, says this, Why we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are everlasting and eternal. Here's another act of faith. The chair you're sitting in is open. I brought Andrew in here, and I said, Andrew, I want you to sit down. Suddenly he sits down in the chair, and it collapses. He falls on the floor, rolls. I said, I'm so sorry. I picked Andrew up, the chair up, said, please, Andrew, have a seat. He has a seat, and it collapses. I'm so sorry. Andrew, <laughs> pick him up, pick the chair up. Andrew, would you have a seat? I don't have a firm persuasion, a confident expectation. I don't believe it's going to hold up. Watch this. When you walked in here and you sat down, you didn't even think it. So you're operating in principles of faith every single day. You don't even know it. Many of you, when you go out to your car and you can see the key in the ignition, you crank it over. Most of you believe. <laughs> Most of you. Pop the hood. Take off the air con spit down it. Praise God. Amen. Jesus had a spitting ministry. It worked for him. Just speak down the car to Pooey. <laughs> Crank it, baby. Come on now, right? We operate. When you go home after an evening of going out on Valentine's Day. And you walk home and you flip the lights switch on. You thoroughly believe lights are going to come out. And if they don't, you are taken back. Oh, no, the power's out. Baby, did you pay the bill? Come right? Yeah. Those, those are acts of faith every single day. And the Bible says if you have faith as small as a mountain mustard seed, you'd say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and it would obey you and be cast into the sea. So your words are very powerful. Very powerful words. They say this, they made up a saying, it came from hell. 
the salesperson, can I please drive the bike room? I'll let you sit in the front seat. Right? <laughs> and then you take that viper out and then you hit I-4 or 275. And then you go and you get a brochure. Now, how much does this cost? And then, okay, what kind of deals do you have? What kind of rebates do you have? And then you go home and you stick the page out, put it on your refrigerator. Every time you go to the fridge, which is about 10 times a day, praise God, amen, you go to the fridge, you lay your hands on that and say, I thank you, Lord, for that viper. I think it looks real good in my driveway. So that's how you grow your thing. How about some of you ladies? How would you like to have a $5,000 wardrobe store? You can go to Talbot's or you can go wherever you go. Praise God, amen. We'll sit in the viper listen to the <laughs> – we'll, the guys will sit in the viper listen to the Bose stereos and let their wives or girlfriends go do $5,000. I, I, yeah, shop for five hours. I'm going to sit in this leather thing. I'm going to stroke in my fiber. Come on, come on, hello, somebody. That's how you grow your faith. You want to grow your faith? That's how you grow your faith. Come on, hello, somebody. I mean, if I could have a full paid expense trip to Hawaii, 10 days, and this is what you do. You call up the travel agent. Find out how much the tickets are. Find, and then you get some brochures, and you put it on your refrigerator. And say, Lord, I have the money to go on this nice vacation. I'm not even going to lose money at my job. Praise They're going to pay for me. And I, so how do you grow your faith? That's how you grow your faith. How many want to be in business for yourself? Can I see your hand? Well, find out information about the business. Stop looking at your bank account and having it limit you. God is bigger than your bank account. Come on, somebody. He's bigger than your bank account. This, this is what you've got to do to grow your faith. This is how you grow your faith. Can you say amen? Romans 1.17 says this, For in the gospel of righteousness, which God ascribes, is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live by faith. So watch this. Once you get your faith project, it has come into being. It takes you now to greater faith. Once you believe God and it comes to pass, then you're like, okay, I'm operating the principles. All right, I got it. Now you can go to another. 
Now you can go to another one. Now you can go to another level of faith. Then you go to another level of faith. It's based on God answering, working with you, and your declaration to bring something that you would like to have. Can you say amen? Now, Frederick Price wrote a book called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. So then let me give you some faith, foolishness, and presumption. When we are at Ramah, there were some students that felt led of the Lord to give away their car. So they sewed their car into another student that didn't have a car, and within three days, that student got a brand new car. And they gave the testimony. testimony. I was believing God for a new car. The Lord spoke to my heart about sewing. I was sewing, and three days later, somebody bought me a new car. So all of a sudden, there was a bunch of students who thought, well, if God did it for them, he'll do it for me. So all of a sudden, they sewed their car. And that person was walking for six months. Because there's faith, foolishness, and presumption. So just because God spoke to one person about doing something, and you saw that happen, doesn't necessarily mean God's speaking to you to do that same thing. You have to hear the voice of God for yourself. You have to have a relationship with yourself. You can't have a relationship with God on based on somebody else's. You can't base your faith on somebody else's faith. Yes, God is no respecter of persons. We understand that. But obviously, this person may have been at a different spiritual level than the person. Come on, how those are different levels of faith? Different, just don't do it automatically. Come on, how about No, you got to know that you know that you know. I don't know. I think Pastor Marie and I would give away stand here doesn't mean I don't have to exercise my faith like you do sitting there. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Because God is no respecter of persons when it comes to his word. Amen? Amen. Alright. Releasing your faith. How do you release your faith? Go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Releasing your faith. And some things just take time. It's seed harvest. So some things just take time. Some things just take faithfulness. Are you faithful? Are you being faithful? That's that's a real key with God. He wants to see if you're going to be faithful. Do you have stickability? I mean, in our society today, people, they, 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 they want change all the time. I mean, and they're, they're constantly moving and they're never, they're never being established. God wants you to be established. Come hell, come high water. Come trial, come tribulation. He wants you steady. He wants you rooted. Why? Because when you're rooted and you're grounded, branches can grow because Revelation describes you as a tree planted by rivers of living water. And then when your tree begins to grow, then fruit comes from your tree. Hello, somebody. But that takes time. Takes time. And Jesus said, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you'd speak into this mountain and be afraid and obey you and thrown into the sea. And he also equated it to, to the mustard seed being one of the smallest seeds that it grows into a huge tree in which birds can nest. But that takes time. Let me tell you how much time you all have. Forever! We still have a thousand kilometers. 
your spirit man, which is the real you, which is your glorified body. Hello, somebody, your glorified self. Amen. We'll live forever. And I think because, see, our society tells us you've got to have it now. You know, I may have four or five cars, but how would you like to pay $3,000 every six months for the insurance on the car? And then you have to pay $50 every time you get the oil changed from the car. And then if a tire goes out, you got to buy the tire. And then you, and if something mechanically goes out, you got to stick it in the garage. Getting it. Listen, making money is the easiest thing. That's, that's, getting stuff is the easiest thing. It's the maintaining of it all. Hello, somebody. Maintaining the house. Maintaining the business. Maintaining the building. Maintaining everything. Hello. It's like the one guy that walked up to Dr. Ed DeBrand. He said, I'm believing God for a 747. He's already got like 30 people in this church, you know, and half of them are already tied here giving offerings. He's got a small salary. He's got two jobs to pay the bills. I'm believing God for a 737. And Dr. Dufresne said, well, do you know how much a tire on a 737 costs? He said sixty to $70,000. I don't know why you believe in God for a 737 or a 737. Faith, foolishness, or presumption. Oh, hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Am I helping you guys this morning? Yeah. Release your faith. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And there was a woman which had a flow of blood for 12 years and had endured many suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had. was nothing better but was growing worse. Do you know that's a bad situation? You spend all your money. You go to the doctor for 12 years. They've done every medical procedure that they know of. And you're not getting any better. You're actually getting worse. That is a bad place to be in. Would you agree with that? She had heard reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in a throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I can touch his garments, I will be made restored to health. She kept saying, 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 I make more money every single year. She kept saying, I get pay raises every time Every time bonuses and checks or pay raises, I'm in the list. She kept saying, she kept, she kept on keeping on. She kept on saying, my sons will return to the Lord. My daughters will return to the Lord. My grandchildren will serve the Lord. She kept saying, I make more money in the company than anybody makes. She kept on saying. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus and came up behind him and touched his garment. For she kept on saying, if I touch but his garments, I'll be restored to hell. So watch what she's saying. If I get to speak with Jesus, if I get to him, I know I will be restored to hell. I know if I can just touch his garment. Why? Because of the reports that she's hearing. The reports of the dead people, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking. If I can just get to his ministry, if I can get to the anointing, if I can get to the anointing on his life, I know I will be healed. I know I'll be made whole. If I can just get there, if I just get there, if I can, if I can just touch his ear. She kept on saying, if I could just touch his ear on his nerves. If I, if I just, I want to go on a mission trip. It's 2,500 bucks. I got a little, I get, I get, I get bonuses. I get pay raises. I, people pay me on the side to fix things. I, and I take that money in the, in the missions jar. Praise God, amen. And then by the end of a year and a half from now, praise God, amen, you have the 2,500, and you find you have to pinch yourself. You're on a foreign field, and you're laying hands on the blind, and they're seeing, you're laying hands on the deaf, and they're hearing, and you're pulling people out of wheelchairs. And for nine days, your whole life is totally transformed because you said a year and a half ago, I'm going to go on that missions trip. I'm going to have 2,500. God's going to supply it. Yeah. 
doesn't, doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how long. You just keep saying it, keep saying it. And then when you feel like you want to give up because you grow weary, <laughs> you just keep on saying it, even if it hair looks the devil. I should be restored to health. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she fell in her body. She was healed of the distressing ailment. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that power proceeded from him, had gone forth and turned around immediately in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples keep telling him, You see the crowd, you see the multitude pressing in around you from all sides, and you ask, Who touched you? Still he kept looking around to see her had done it, but the woman, knowing what was done in her, Though alarmed, frightened, trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. So watch this. When you have these things come to pass in your life, and I'm not sure every one of you had some form of miracle, some form of, some form of provision supernaturally come. And all of a sudden, God says to you, Your faith, your trust in me, your confidence in me has brought this faith. And you can do that with anything in your life, finances, relations, marriage, whatever situation. You just keep on going. My son John is going to serve the Lord. And he's going to populate heaven and he's going to certainly going to plunder hell. He's going to come back to the Lord. And he's going to serve him 100% in the full capacity in which that young man was called to. That will never change. He will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter if it's been 10 years. Takes another ten years. He's going to serve the Lord. He's going to have an epiphany, a God encounter that will radically change his life. And we keep saying it, and keep saying it, and keep declaring it. And guess what? It's inevitable. It will happen because the Bible is true, and we believe God's word. Can you say Amen? So, how do you release your faith? Okay, because I wanted to read that to you because there's principles here. Number one, she heard the word. That's the reason why you got to put the word. you got to read the word. And it can be difficult, especially in the society we live today, because you guys are so busy. Your work puts a lot of demands on you. I mean, that's a good thing, because you're at least working. Hello. Come on now. And I understand working hard and then being tired. Come on. I mean, Marie worked hard this whole week. And she needed to rest it, especially with everything that she went through. Three different she went through. One, one can't bring a big team. Another one we can bring a big team. And we want to lean more on the big team. But there was one during the One Nation One Day that they did there. It didn't turn out really well. So she's going through all of these things. And she told me this morning, she said, I, the weight on me for this. I'm like, you're staying home. Stay home. And you have permission. Because she goes, I don't think she's talking about me. I said, no, he won't be mad at you. You just got done doing the whole thing. Country, sleeping on Flintstone's bed. Praise God. <laughs> it's a rock. Right, any missionaries here can bear witness. Yeah, you wake up with a crick in your neck. You're like, my God, where did that come from? You know, well, you do pillows. It's a rock. It's a problem. And then eating rice and beans every day for an entire week. If all you're eating is rice and beans, and 
She heard, she heard, this lady heard about what Jesus was doing. How do you hear? The word, the word. This is how you hear right here. Put, put, put it a CD on, or put it in MP3, in your car, iPod, listen to the word. While you're driving in your car to work, listen to the word. While you're at home, listen to the word. Sit down and read the word. Man, we have all kinds of ways to hear the word these days, especially in the United States of America. Number two, she said, she kept saying, when you hear the word, then say the word and say what you want. Don't say what you don't want. We are actually creating our world. We are creating our world. We are all creating the world like the words. We're doing that. So if we're saying negative things, we have to stop. And sometimes controlling ourselves can be one of the hardest things, especially in a moment. A moment of hurt, a moment of anger, a moment of frustration. Hello, why did you get quiet? Come on. Said, You're right, Pastor. Yeah, because we all do it. I even do it. I have to catch myself. Come on. You can't use these words. I always fail. I always don't get it. I always lose my job. I always. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't do this. No, the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can. You can do it. You can. You can, Josh, play the electric guitar on stage. You can. You can, Josh. I have a way for you to be able to do that. You can. You can do all. You can go to Life Christian University and get your degree so you she said number three she put into action what she believed and what she said she put into action so hearing the word saying the word but then doing it see it's like you can't obtain all this knowledge knowledge or knowledge Proverbs says knowledge puffs up without practical application of knowledge. Why obtain so much knowledge and not have the ability to actually apply knowledge? It would be better if you didn't know the difference. Because now, in God's heart and mind, we'll hold you accountable for what you don't apply to life. So we obtain all this knowledge and all this knowledge, but then we don't do it. Faith leaps. Faith ever seen that Indiana Jones movie, you know, The Golden Grail, right? And he walks up to this big cavern, right? His, his dad, Sean Connery, is dying because he got shot. You know, Sean got shot. <laughs> Sean got, Indy! Save me! And he's got to go through the, the penitent man and the you know, boy's getting his head cut off. And then he, he goes across this little block bridge, bridge-like thing and he's got to spell out Jehovah, right? Yeah, he steps in the wrong thing. Spell the word Jehovah, right? 
and all of a sudden he goes to this great cavern, right? And on the map it says, leap of faith. Isn't that right? So he's got to take a leap. And so he sticks his foot out there, right? And he's like, man, you know, my dad, Sean's dying. Praise God, amen. I'm going to die. What do I got to lose, right? And all of a sudden he takes a leap of faith, right? And all of a sudden the, the camera turns sideways and there's a rock bridge that's kind of optical illusion, right? And he goes across. That's faith. That is total faith. Our first miracle healing crusade, I started out with $39 and I had to raise $30,000. I never raised $30,000 in my life. In the bank account was $39. Bucks. And I had 12 months to believe God. And we took 16 people on the first trip. Top of that, 2,500. It would be a bad day that the evangelist doesn't show up to his own crusade because he couldn't afford to go for the meeting. Isn't that amazing? I had to believe God too, just like you. But you don't have $30,000 in your back on the only 2,500. Hello, come on. Amen. My gosh, when we came home, she said, Babe, I think we're going to have to raise over 20000 send him. My crusade was going to go beep. Yeah, I was extortioned. Gave him 10. You better give me my 10. That money's for me. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, praise God. Amen. Don't want to talk about it. More positive. Faith. Praise God. Amen. You got to have faith. Believe in God. Gotta believe God. For the Crusades, in the country of Porto, in, uh, in the country of Haiti, sixty thousand people in the meeting, and the guy that was heading up, putting everything together, who had the largest church, stands up on the last night. And a young lady on the other side of the platform comes up the stairs, kind of like crippled like this, came walking and plops down right in the center of the stage. There was a Haiti senator on the stage. There was a bishop on the stage. There were pastors on the stage, congressmen on the stage, a mayor on the stage. And this dude makes an announcement. This woman, it's a miracle. This woman has been dead for nine months. She's come back to life and here to testify. The crowd sucks the very air out of the atmosphere. <gasps> and Haitian television points to this girl on the stage. Now, 
my crusade director leans over to me and says, did you hear what he just said? I said, no, he spoke I said, what did he say? He said, that woman was dead for nine months. She was just not come back to life. My heart sank. And I'm like, get him off stage. And I talked to the other crusaders. I said, get him off Get him off stage. Get the dude, get the girl off stage. So I'm thinking. television, in front of the congressman, in front of the senate, in front of the mayor, and all the pastors.
Why? Because your strengths have become stronger gotten your strength so strong Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.